Good evening, everyone. Uh, the reading today is taken from Luke chapter 11, verses 33 to 54. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him, so he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogue and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestor did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God, in his wisdom, said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that have been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you, experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions 
waiting to catch him in something he might say. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dawn. Just going to set myself up a lamp here. Good evening. Hello again. Let's pray as we come now to reflect on uh, this passage from uh, the Gospel of Luke. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for his words, uh, which we have recorded for us. Thank you that uh, your word um, doesn't return to you empty, but accomplishes and is fruitful in all that you uh, intend for it. And so, Lord, as we have time now just to, to reflect and respond to your word, we pray. I pray would you come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us, uh, help us to understand and direct us. And uh, most importantly, Lord, would you give us a fresh reassurance of your great love and your grace for us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Your eye is the lamp of your body, Jesus says. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they're unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. Um, the title uh, I'm going to speak on tonight is different to the one that's, that was printed in the, in the term card, if you've got that. Um, I'll, I'm going to preach on the lamp of your body. Um, the, the title uh, given uh, was Woe to the Pharisees, and of course that is part of this passage we're looking at tonight, but, um, but we're going to really kind of anchor ourselves in that first paragraph um, of Jesus teaching about um, our eyes being the lamp of our body. Now, the, the context, uh, as many of us will know, we, we here at St. Paul's are making our way um, step by step through Luke's gospel, and we're taking a year and a half to do it, so we're going through every passage. Um, and we've, we've, we've recently passed the kind of hinge point, halfway point through Luke, which is where uh, Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem. He's on his way to Jerusalem now. Um, and that means he's on his way to the cross where he is going to die in the place of sinful humanity um, on the cross. And as he's making this journey, opposition against him begins to increase. And we see that here, don't we? Um, as Jesus prophetically speaks out against the religious leaders, the the Pharisees, as they were called, and the experts in the law. Um, I brought this lamp um, up on the dais, but just as a, a bit of a visual 
um, help for us. Um, just to, we're going to spend just a moment first kind of unpacking what Jesus is on about when he says your, your, uh, your eyes the lamp of your body and, you know, and if your eyes are healthy, you see, and if they're unhealthy, you don't sort of thing. Um, now, I'm no scientist in particular. I know there are physicists and scientists uh, amongst you, um, but the way that eyes, our eyes work is we need light, don't we? The light kind of reflects off of things, comes into our eye, and we can see. We, we need light to see. And we rely on our eyes to see, don't we? Um, and so, in a sense, our, our bodies are, are filled with, with the light that comes in and shows us uh, an accurate picture of what's going on around us. And, you know, the health of our eyes determines how much we can see. Um, and for me, you may not know it, but I, I wear contact lenses. Um, I'm fairly short-sighted, so without the contacts or without my glasses, um, I'm unable to see uh, things clearly uh, once they're about that far away. Um, and that means that I'm, in a sense, without that help, I'm unable um, to, to see what's going on clearly because my eyes have that like, lack of health um, to them. And Jesus is saying it's like that too, um, with our hearts and in a spiritual sense, as well as seeing what's physically around us. And so what he's really encouraging us to is to seek um, kind of healthy spiritual eyes, seek to be filled with the light that comes from God. When there's a, a single light source in a room, you know, say this lamp, if everything else was, you know, all the windows were shut off and um, the lights were turned off, like, the closer you are to the source of light, the clearer you can see. And as we get further away, it becomes harder to see, right? That, that makes sense, doesn't it? Um, Jesus is saying his words are a light. And, you know, in Jesus, God has sent, he sent his son into the world uh, to give light. And we are to gather around him, the light of the world. Um, and of course, there's that slightly cryptic verse where Jesus says, if your, what is it, if your, um, you know, if your body is full of light, then, and no part of it is in darkness, it will be as full of light as when a lamp gives you light with its rays. Slightly different translation. Um, in Matthew's gospel, Matthew takes the negative uh, conclusion. Here, he, this is how Matthew reports um, uh, Jesus saying, here, the eye the eye is the lamp of the, your body. If your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So there's kind of two sides to the coin um, here which come out. Um, and uh, Jesus is, in, in particular, he begins to speak against the Pharisees. And we'll come on to that a little bit uh, later. Here's a quote from William Blake, who was an 18th century um, English poet. He said this, we become what we behold. We become what we behold. That which we spend our time and our energy and our effort uh, looking at, we become kind of like that ourselves. That which we pursue begins to shape us. So, um, 
what tonight is, is a kind of, see it as a kind of spiritual optician's appointment. Um, I'm going to just give us a few thoughts, and really there's that question, what are you beholding? Uh, What are we beholding? Because what we behold, we become. How full of light is your body based on what is going in? Um, But let's remember, because this has the potential to be quite heavy um, and to make us feel really discouraged. Remember, Jesus is the great physician. He's the doctor. He says this um, earlier in Luke's Gospel. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is not about trying to make us feel guilty or condemned, but rather to invite us, give us a fresh invitation to come to Jesus, to to commit ourselves for the first time maybe, or afresh to to gathering around the light of Jesus um, and His Word. And I love that worship song we sang, Faithful One, so unchanging, ageless one, you're my rock of peace. Amen to that. Hold on to that um, as we go through this optician's appointment. Um, and we just have a time to reflect individually and perhaps as, as part of the networks that we're part of, um, kind of what we are beholding. So here's where we're going. Three points. First question, what are you consuming? Second, what are you pursuing? And third, uh, what are you reading in the Bible? And then we'll finish with, okay, how can I, you know, that's fine, but how can I um, improve my vision? How can we improve our vision? Okay, so here we go. First point, first question. What are you consuming? Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they're unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. We live at, um, we live in, in the information age at a time, thanks to the internet and smartphones and streaming and, uh, you know, who knows whether kind of metaverse is going to develop and AI and all of that. Um, a time in history, which unprecedented um, in our access to, to looking at whatever we like, basically. Um, the, uh, I'm sure we're all used to the like, scary stats about smartphone usage. Apparently, the average person touches their phone 2,600 times a day. Um, um, I don't know about you, but my phone every week gives me a screen time report and tells me if it's up or down uh, on the previous week and, and how, how much screen time, and it's always way more than I would like it to be. Um, and, you know, with this kind of unprecedented use comes unprecedented access to content um, and information. I remember um, reading an observation um, during the COVID pandemic lockdowns, which was, you know, something along the lines of, we're deprived of everything except entertainment. Like, the last thing we're going to be is bored, because thanks to the internet and streaming, 
you know, we basically have an unlimited supply um, of entertainment, even if you couldn't leave your house, right? Now, of course, there was still, I think we, all of us would probably say we still found, uh, we were still struggled with boredom during that time, but in a sense, we didn't really have an excuse, right? Because the, uh, especially compared to other times um, in history. And, you know, much of this is really, is good. Um, you know, technology allows us to communicate with loved ones and with church. You know, it, it, um, the Bible is available at our fingertips now um, in a way that our ancestors could only dream of. Um, we have, you know, much better access to healthcare, to art, to education. But there's also a darker side, isn't there? A, a shadowy place that is away from the lamp of Jesus. Um, one of my favorite bands is a band called Bastille. I don't know if you know um, Bastille. Um, and they are, for my money, they're uh, one of the best um, kind of social commentators and critics about Western uh, culture and society. Not Christian, um, but they have some really, like, piercing um, analysis. Um, and I want to share this, this, um, this quote from a song called Doom Days, which came out in 2019. I think I'm addicted to my phone, my scrolling horror show. I'm live streaming the final days of Rome. One tab along, it's pornographic. Everybody's at it. No surprise, we're so easily bored. Wow, an ouch, because I think that sums up where much of our culture is at, and uh, I think there'll be stuff in there that we can uh, relate to in our own lives as well. And of course, particularly p picking up on uh, you know the uh, pornography and just the the access that that we have to that now. And of course, that is a a big issue. Um, in our society, and it's not the way that God would have us live. You know, the Bible clearly teaches us that marriage is the place for sexual activity. Um, but as well as porn, there are other vices, uh, if you like, that technology enables us to indulge in. Um, early on in, the, in church history, uh, the church came up with seven deadly sins. Pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, sloth, uh, and all seven of those, I put it to you, uh, the information age just makes it so much easier uh, for us to indulge in. Um, and it's, it's even in the very um, kind of the very way that a lot of this technology and these platforms are set up. So in, in what we consume, Jesus is telling us to be careful and discerning. He tells us to consume that which is in God's light. Just a few thoughts. This one, the first one sounds super trite, the Bible. Uh, Jesus calls us to consume God's Word in the Bible. Um, yeah, it's, it's something we all know, don't we? But Christians over the millennia have dedicated themselves to uh, God's Word. Um, many Christians over uh, especially in the, in the early 
first centuries after Christ, would memorize the Scriptures, memorize the whole Bible. You read letters, they're writing to one of them, full of just quotes, 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 and they didn't have Bible.com, you know, to go up and, and look this stuff up. Um, you know, if you've never read the whole thing, why not make it a goal to do so and to, uh, to choose to, to look at and consume uh, the, the Word of God. Uh, and there are brilliant resources like Beyond Reading. Um, many of us will know about The Chosen, which is this brilliant free uh, kind of TV series. You can watch it online, which is a, um, a dramatization of the Gospels and is absolutely incredible. Um, and there are, there's something called The Bible Project on YouTube, all these videos going, digging into the Bible and helping us to understand them and apply them to our lives today. And how about intentionally seeking out the, the seven capital virtues. So this is the medieval church. Had the, they had the seven deadly sins. The opposite are the capital virtues. Chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, humility. What can you and I consume that will build those up in us? Because left to the default, it can easily be the others. So, what are we consuming? Because the eye is the lamp of the body. Uh, we get filled with light, or we face away from the light, and we're filled with darkness. Second, what are you pursuing? This is about what do we put our efforts towards? Uh, what are your life goals, your priorities, um, what you're involved in uh, for work or your responsibilities or your hobbies? Over the weekend, Holly and I went to see, uh, there's a new film out, uh, you might have heard of it, called Oppenheimer. Um, brilliant film. And um, it's, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it follows the, the story of an American scientist called um, Robert Oppenheimer, who was alive during the Second World War and headed up the Manhattan Project, which was um, a, this massive um, multi-billion dollar um, project to build the atomic bomb. Um, and he was in charge. And uh, there's some, something that's going on in the film is there's a mixture of color and black and white scenes. Some scenes are in color, and you can see that on the left there. Uh, these, these are pictures of Oppenheimer. And um, on the right, you can see another scene that's in black and white. And uh, something very clever is going on. The story leading up to the bomb's creation is told uh, in color, but lots of the aftermath is shot in black and white. And um, I suppose because I was preaching on this, it, the, the, the text was in my mind. Oppenheimer was involved in creating and inventing something that was literally very enlightening. Um, this huge bomb which could create this massive amount of light and energy and therefore destruction. Um, but it was like it made the world a darker place. Um, and in particular, an Oppenheimer famously um, just was, was crushed with the guilt um, and spent the rest of his life really, you know, he was, if you, you can watch kind of interviews with him, photos of him, he, he was a, um, a kind of a shell of a man. He was, 
in what he had dedicated himself to pursue, um, it didn't bring him closer to light. It actually uh, brought great darkness um, in his life, and the world lives in the um, you know, in the aftermath. You know, in the consequences um, of that still um, to this day. Um, Oppenheimer famously quoted the Hindi scriptures um, in reflecting on, um, on creating the bomb. Now I am become death, destroyer of worlds. And it just got me thinking, what, what are we pursuing? What are you pursuing in life, um, in your work, in your relationships, in your free time? What might the Lord be calling you to just step back from, um, or maybe press further into? Uh, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not saying um, that we should all um, kind of sack in our jobs or our course um, or our responsibilities, uh, you know, and go off and become a monk or a nun um, or a missionary or a pastor. God might be calling you to that, but um, I'm not saying all of us need to do that, and it's definitely not what Jesus is saying here. Rather, within the context of your time and your energy, let's choose to devote ourselves to that which is in the light of Jesus. Rani led us in prayer earlier and, and highlighted so many areas um, in the world which need our prayers and our action as well. Perhaps the Lord is, is calling you and laying on your heart to be involved in pursuing justice and pursuing life in God's light. So, what are we consuming? What are we pursuing? Um, and, and thirdly, what are we, what are you reading in the Bible? This point doesn't flow quite as nicely, um, but it's really, this is about how do we relate to the Scriptures, um, to God's Word in the Bible? Psalm 119, verse 105, um, which isn't going to come up on the screen because I, um, I haven't given it to Daniel. Um, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And this is where we start to get into uh, the rest of our passage tonight. Um, what, and the key question is this, what is more important in the Bible? Is it the words of God or is it the heart of God? Is it kind of the words we, we read or God's heart behind them? You see that the Pharisees, these, are, these religious experts in the Jewish scriptures, um, over the years, by the time of Jesus in the first century, they developed this highly complex and comprehensive set of rules, a kind of framework of rules. And the aim was very noble. It was to, they just thought, if we just get the, the, right, the code right, um, then we could make it impossible for anyone who follows it exactly to sin. Um, the problem was it, the, the framework just got completely out of control. So um, they had 1,521 rules for keeping the Sabbath. That's the, um, the day of rest. So um, in the Ten Commandments, God says, no, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Um, but in trying to keep 1,500 rules, they had 
With, without intending to, they turned the, the day of rest into a, a day of great burden. You're trying to think, am I doing this? Am I doing this? Um, I read that uh, there was a, one of the rules was you can't walk more than 2,000 footstep paces away from your house, or you can't, in total, you can't. And apparently some people would <laughs> walk your 2,000 paces and then walk keep walking backwards because that's not taking a step forward. <laughs> you know, at which point you think, what is the, what, what's, the, what's the point of having um, these, these guidelines anyway? And Jesus really takes them to task uh, for this as we, as we read and does so quite um, sharply. Um, it all starts where Jesus is invited, isn't he? He goes to, to eat with, uh, with a Pharisee and he doesn't wash his hands. And um, it says, the Pharisee was surprised. Read, critical. Why aren't you washing your hands? Um, the thing is, in the Old Testament, in the Scriptures, it, it's not, there's, there's nothing in the Old Testament which says you have to wash, your, you have to wash before eating. Jesus wasn't doing anything wrong. Um, but this, this code, this framework had blinded uh, these people these religious leaders trying to do the right thing desperately, but had ended up missing the point altogether. It was just a human rule. Now, what we might expect Jesus' message here to be, and what I kind of expected it to be, was that it's the heart of God's words, not, not the words themselves that, that are most important um, in the Bible. But actually, that's not the case, according to Jesus. Jesus says it's both. Um, Look at this in verses 42 and 43. Jesus says, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Jesus doesn't say, don't bother tithing your mint. There's no point doing that. He doesn't actually say that, does he? He says, if you're going to do that, make sure you don't leave the God's heart of justice and generosity undone. The problem is that um, isn't that isn't that we need to, isn't that we can kind of explain away the words or not take seriously the words of God in the Bible but it's that we shouldn't disconnect them from God's heart. What's the heart of God behind them? Um, perhaps an example that might be more relevant to us um, today. Um, many of us kind of um, give some of our income um, to church or to um, perhaps to, to other charities as well. Um, I know for me, it's set up on a standing order. It goes out every month. Um, and I could feel quite quite good about myself. Okay, I've set it up. It goes out every month. But that is neglecting God's call to generosity and justice. Do you get what I'm saying here? We can, we can perhaps set things up and try and automate things for ourselves. And ultimately, that's what the Pharisees are trying to do with all their law codes, is to automate righteousness. But God's interested in our hearts. <laughs> um, and so, we're called to a radical generosity. Sure, Give by standing order, yes, it's a great way to give, um, but don't neglect generosity um, because of it. And now some people will latch onto Jesus' woes here, and, and they, they'll conclude, actually, that we can explain away 
um, a lot of what the Bible says and what, a lot of the challenging stuff the Bible has to say to us. Jesus actually doesn't give us um, that out. Uh, rather, he encourages us to, to really grapple, uh, especially when, um, when the Bible challenges us and challenges our, our practices and our ways of behaving. Um, let's not just kind of explain them away and, uh, and, not, and, and say, I'm following the heart. I'm following God's heart. Let's do both. Jesus says, let's do both. So how are we reading the Bible? Let's seek to read the Bible, ready to submit to God's call on our lives, both in the words he gives us and in the heart behind him, behind them, um, holding those together. Okay, coming in to finish. Um, how? How, how? That might sound okay. Um, perhaps we're feeling a little bit convicted. Um, how can we uh, live uh, in God's light? Because all of us are called uh, to do that and to do that increasingly. Two, two simple thoughts for us. The first is come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, the great physician, the doctor who loves you. Hear this from 2 Corinthians, one of the letters that Paul writes later in the New Testament. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Paul's saying, as we kind of gaze on Jesus, as we look to God in Jesus... It's a sense that we become what we behold. Let's behold Jesus and, and seek to become more like him. The more we do that, the more we're going to become uh, like him. Jesus is the light of the world, isn't he? He's come in to give us light. He's the great physician. He's the doctor. Um, if you're really struggling, um, and, and all of us will do at some at various points in our lives, and maybe, maybe you're hearing this and... It's feeling really heavy um, tonight and in this season. Um, a book recommendation I have for you, I don't have it up on the slide, I don't have a copy here, but um, there's, a, there's a brilliant little book called um, Gentle and Lowly um, by um, an American pastor called Ortland, and it is a wonderful um, meditation uh, on Jesus and, and particularly you know, his, his call to... Um, you know, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. My, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the, it's in very short chapters, kind of 10 pages each. You can read it once a day, you know. Um, just, yeah, that can be, I found it to be balm for my heart and perhaps it could be for yours as well. Um, so come to Jesus. And secondly, take practical steps. Uh, hear these words from Philippians. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Uh, did you know that um, uh, this was originally the uh, part of the, the motto for the BBC? when it was set up, and apparently if you go to Broadcasting House, you can still see a reference to it, um, kind of written in Latin into the bricks, because what we think about, what we spend our time beholding and looking at, um, 
is going to affect us. So let's, let's be focusing on, on all of these wonderful good things that are filled uh, with God's light. Like here's just a few, um, a few ideas. If, if kind of your smartphone is something which is leading you away from the light of Jesus, then perhaps you should limit your engagement with it. Um, John Mark Comer, he's a, um, a pastor in the, in the US, um, he has this, uh, he ha- talks about parenting your phone. You know, kind of, you put your children to bed. Why not? It's bedtime for my phone at 9 p.m. It goes off into the space, it charges up, and it doesn't wake up again until, no, 8 a.m., whatever. Um, just to, to put these things into place. Now, you know, this by itself, just like the, the I'm not suggesting a, a kind of modern-day um, pharisaic code, but putting some of these rhythms into place can just allow us to be more intentional about what's shaping us. Um, and if you really can't be trusted, um, you could get an old phone. Uh, there's a rising, apparently it's rising in popularity to get dumb phones, they're called. These old phones, the old kind of brick phones. Get one of those. Join the movement. Um, you know, these th- we, we can do these things. Um, so limit the engagement. Um, secondly, accountability and prayer. You know, um, join a prayer triplet, a small group here at St. Paul's. We have small groups, and we encourage everyone to be part of one, and, and within that to be part of a prayer triplet with kind of two or uh, three other people you meet with regularly just to share and be honest and receive prayer. Um, perhaps you want to um, get a mentor, someone older and wiser in the faith. I encourage you, if, if there's someone perhaps at St. Paul's that you would love to just spend some time with and soak up their wisdom and just ask them and get them to pray for you, why don't you ask them, talk to them about it? Um, accountability and prayer. Um, and thirdly, diarize or start a habit of reading the Bible each day. Now, I know it's, that's a really classic one, isn't it? But, um, but this is really important. Um, preferably first thing in the morning, get up and, um, and, and get some of the Word um, into you. And again, we're, we're so blessed to have resources. There's an app that I'm using this year called The Bible in One Year, uh, which comes from um, HDB, the, the guys behind Out the Alpha course, and is wonderful. Kind of 20 minutes a day, you can like lip, pop, pop it in in the car or your headphones, listen to it or read it, um, just to get some of the light so that we're beholding uh, what is good. Now, of course, as I said, don't let these become legalistic rules, but these are just some ideas for how we can take practical steps uh, to live in the light of Christ. Okay. And that's enough for me. Let's pray. Can I encourage you to stand? Can I encourage the band to, to come up? And, um, and let's pray.